time alone with Jesus is so important. I didn't know that you could get married and just have a whole lot uh -huh. of dang fun. When you nurture your marriage, the butterflies, they come back. Men are designed to be givers and women are designed to receive. The woman was the creation finale. Hey friend, welcome back. Terry Bonin here. I have been pondering the beauty of having daughters and um, how much fun it's been over the years to watch each of my girls play house. I know as a little girl, I used to love to play house with my sisters. We used to play the Brady Bunch and we'd fight over who was going to be Marsha. I mean, I'm completely dating myself, but honestly, <laughs> that was one of our favorite shows. So when we played house, we played the Brady Bunch and someone had to be Marsha. Someone had to be Jan and someone had to be Cindy and everybody wanted to be Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. But anyway, I've watched each one of my daughters do the same thing and they weren't, of course, raised on the same shows, but they have mimicked what has gone on in our home <laughs> and it's been precious. Like my um, current two daughters at home, they have homeschooled all of their dolls. They watched me homeschool for so many years that homeschooling their dolls is just part of their daily play. One time I walked in on them having a home birth. Yeah. It's true. They've been invited to all of the home births that they were old enough to attend. And so, well, I mean, what, what a normal, natural thing, apparently it is in their minds. So they were delivering a um, baby giraffe one day, one of their mama giraffes was having a baby and yeah, I got to witness it <laughs> when they were playing house. So my point is that um, little girls, they mimic what they see and it's God is just stamped it on our DNA to want to play house when we're little girls and make a home when we're adults. And on every continent all over the world, you can find little girls playing house, mimicking what they see, which is sometimes good and sometimes bad. It makes me realize the heavy responsibility I have to model what is good, right, and godly, and to really watch my mouth and watch my actions and my attitudes because my girls are watching and it's going to come out in their play. I just recently finished a book called All the Pretty Things by Edie Wadsworth, and um, she did not have the good fortune of having a beautiful childhood at all in any way. She was raised with a father who struggled with alcoholism and um, they moved from trailer to trailer and there was a lot of smoking and drinking and dysfunction. She was saying in the book that one hot summer day, they were playing house in their trailer. And of course there was nothing beautiful in their surroundings. I want you to picture a trailer like with gravel and no trees, no flowers, nothing beautiful to look at around them or even in their home life. So they set the stage, you know, little girls always set the stage to play house, right? Her sister said, okay, so you're going to be mama and you'll, you'll be cooking dinner. And then she'll be, she'll be dude coming in. The cousin will be, be dude and dude's going to throw his boots at you and yell at you. Like, why is supper not done? And she was just setting the stage of how they were going to play because that's all that they knew. They only knew dysfunction and anger and broken beer bottles. That's what her childhood was filled with in both life and in play. And how sad um, her story goes on and it's full of redemption. And now her life is full of beauty. Thus the title, all the pretty things. Goodness gracious. My heart grieved for how she grew up and what she endured. And 
in a circumstance like that, when um, you have a dysfunctional childhood, and maybe that was you, maybe you can relate to Edie and you're like, I didn't have anything beautiful to mimic. I did not have a mom who was present or you know, you don't have wonderful memories from your childhood. Well, guess what? You get to set the pace. You get to set the stage. You are the boss as far as setting your home culture. You get to lay the foundation for beauty and a beautiful culture inside your home and your family. You get to decide what happens inside the walls of your home. You get to decide um, who comes in and who's present and what is talked about. Oh my goodness. Um, Having a beautiful home culture is so much more about what goes on inside the home versus where the home is or what the home looks like. A beautiful home culture is made in the conversations and um, in the bonding and over meals and in time together, it's made inside the home, regardless of what the home looks like. I mean, you do not have to have a big, beautiful home to have a rich, beautiful home culture. At the end of this conversation, I pray that you leave knowing how important you are and um, how important God sees your role inside your home. When Mother Teresa was asked, how can we help you? Because Mother Teresa was out, you know, helping all the orphans and homeless and, you know, everyone who didn't have someone. And her response was, this is probably not an exact quote, but um, go home. She said, Mother Teresa said, go home and love your families. Wow. I mean, Your presence matters. Your attention matters and your intention matters. Your attention and your intention matters at home. Maybe you don't feel like that you're noticed that you, maybe you feel like everybody's got their own thing and, you know, the kids are busy with school and your husband's busy with work and whatever they do after school and at work. And so your home has just become a place to where you, you each change clothes and then go to your next activity, or you, you go back home and you crash and um, you feel like that's enough. You know, you have home base where everybody's going home, getting clean, changing clothes and going back out. It's got to be more than that. You are the one who will make it more than that. And I just want to encourage you that God will equip you. Maybe you feel like you didn't have a good example. God has put inside of you the desire. If you played house when you were a little girl, which I'm sure that you did, um, it's inside of you to want to make a beautiful home. Ask God to give you creativity so that you can make a strong culture for your family. It's the little things that matter. It's not the big things. So let's talk about some of these little things. I have a friend who she had a kitchen calendar, a big kitchen family wall calendar. And on the calendar, Monday through Friday at 3.30, she had scheduled off half an hour to spend with her son when he got home from school. So anybody who was in her home could see in big, bold print that they needed to leave because she was going to have special time, intentional time with her son. And she did this all throughout his um, school age years. Now he is now a man and the father of his own children and um, the head of his own home. But don't you know that he looks back on that gift of time that his mom gave him inside their home with um, such fond memories that it has fueled him to be the father and head of his home um, that God has made him to be. So what a small gift, you know, half an hour each day. No, even if it's 10 minutes, um, 10 minutes um, set aside to 
have a conversation with your spouse, 10 minutes set aside to have a conversation um, with your child on a regular basis on the calendar, it will make a huge difference in building a strong family culture. And you're thinking, okay, well that 10 minutes, I'm with my kids all day. You know, maybe, maybe you're home all day and you don't think that you need to put something on the calendar. If you're normal, if you're like me, you can be home with your kids all day and not have a solid beginning to the end conversation or even a meaningful conversation. These meaningful conversations must be scheduled with intention or they won't happen. The family unit was God's idea. So he cares about what goes on inside of our homes and what goes on inside of our homes does matter. Ultimately having a space where family members can know that they are loved by God because they feel the love of God coming from us to them, it gives them the security of knowing that they are loved by God and that they belong to a family who wants them and that they're cherished. That is a strong family culture. And that has to be cultivated typically by the wife. So you've got this friend. I just want to encourage you that, that you can do this. Um, you can, you're, if your home feels like chaos, you know, it's busy revolving doors. A lot's going on. You're constantly changing diapers. Everybody has to eat all the time. Um, You're just busy all day, but nothing of great importance feels like it happened. (laughs) You know, like you just were putting out fires all day. Everything was urgent, but nothing important happened. You must sit down and decide what is important and schedule those things in your home. Having a home of your own, having a family of your own is a blessing and God sees it as a gift and a reward. And let me show you how. So In scripture, there's a story in Genesis about how when the Hebrews were multiplying, Pharaoh told the Hebrew midwives, kill the baby boys. Like when the Hebrew women are giving birth, if you, if it's a baby boy, kill the baby boys because he wanted to stop how quickly they were multiplying. And, but the Hebrew midwives feared God more than they feared Pharaoh and God blessed them and he rewarded them. And scripture says that God was pleased with the Hebrew midwives and he gave them families of their own. Um, he gave them the position of being the women over their own homes. It is a gift and a reward and God sees it as a blessing. So what a high calling it is. Go look that, that story up in scripture. It is a beautiful testament of how God views the family unit and your position inside the family unit. It was the midwives who were allowing the babies to live. And it was the midwives who were given homes of their own to nourish and to cultivate. Maybe you have another job. Let's say a lot of us, I know I do. um, I have a business coach. I am a business coach. I am a wellness coach. I have a lot going on outside of running my home. And I bet you do too. Most women bring in like supplement the income or volunteer outside the home. Most women have busy lives outside of their home. That's wonderful and fine and good. And I know you're contributing to your family with whatever it is that you're doing. But friend, I want you to know that running your home well is more important than anything else that you're doing. Running your home well with intention will bless your family for generations. It will bless you for years to come. Whereas whatever you're doing outside of your home, whatever job it is, whatever volunteer work it is, is it's not a higher calling. Being there for your family and home for your family 
is the higher calling in God's eyes. This past Mother's Day, I had, I asked my husband, you know, I don't try to make him read my mind anymore. I'm like, I tell him exactly what I want. And all I wanted was the kids who still live at home to write me notes telling me why they're happy that I'm their mother, you know, things that they love about me. Do you think that I needed words of encouragement? Apparently, yes. <laughs> so I told him, just make it easy on them. Like if the eighth child, have them write eight things, have the ninth child, write nine things, have the 10th child, write 10 things, the 11th child. Have 11. Okay. So um, they did. And there was a common thread in what they wrote. And I was really surprised, but each one of the four kids who still live at home wrote in their list. I'm really thankful how you're available. You're you're, you're here. You're available to talk when I want to talk. They each wrote it in a different way in their list, but don't you know that stuck out to me? I'm like, okay, that's important to you. You notice and you see it. I am intentional about having my eyes available to them and having my ears available to them when they are not busy with school or not doing um, an activity out, you know, when they're not in a project at home. If they're in the kitchen eating, I want to be there and I'm intentional about that. They stated that it was important and I love that. Debbie Titus says, home is a sanctuary for the human soul to be recharged, renewed, refreshed, and restored. When I read that, I had this visual picture of how I take my iPhone each night and I put it back on its home base. I put it on its home base so that it can be recharged, renewed, and restored. Now, I have to do that with my iPhone so that... My iPhone can function in the way it's supposed to function the next day, right? If I didn't recharge my iPhone, it could not work in the way it was designed to work. And that is how our homes are. I mean, like our homes should be a place where our family members feel recharged. If that is not happening in your home, press pause, you know, press pause and think, you know, what is it? What, what needs to change in my home? Like my home is so busy with a lot of people coming and going. How can I create an environment where my family members feel renewed and recharged? Give it some thought and um, God will give you creative ways to do that. You need to feel that too. In the book, All the Pretty Things, when Evie, the author, Evie Wadsworth was 15, she had a pivotal moment and she said, she was at a friend's house spending the night because her friend's parents were going to take them to the basketball game. Downstairs, she could smell bacon and her, her friend's mother was making chocolate chip pancakes and her her friend's mother was calling upstairs, y'all come down, breakfast is ready. You know, we got to get y'all filled up before the game. And Edie was laying there thinking, get up, come on. You're like, can't you smell the bacon? Like your mother's making bacon and pancakes. What? And her friend didn't want to get up. Her friend didn't realize the value of what she had in her family. Edie was just stunned. She was like, let's go. And her friend's dad came up the stairs and chased the girls down and said, come on, you know, let's go downstairs and eat breakfast. And in those moments, Edie decided she wanted to be the kind of mom that made chocolate chip pancakes and bacon and had a husband who would chase the kids downstairs for breakfast. It was just so beautiful to her because she had not experienced a functional family surrounded with fun, laughter, beautiful smells, enough food. Her childhood had so much lack in it and neglect. And um, she was experiencing at her friend's house, beauty and abundance and um, laughter and 
she was like, this is what I want as an adult. This is what she Edie has now as an adult, but she had to see it to be able to dream it. And um, how beautiful that God gave her that, that pivotal moment and that she was able to recognize that. So if you cannot say that your home was filled with beauty, and if you don't have happy memories, it's important to vision cast for your, your family. Dream about what you want your, your home life to look like. Get a piece of paper, draw a line down the middle of the paper, and write down all of the things about your childhood that you liked. And I know that you can think of some, maybe you have a lot of pain from your childhood, but I know that you can think of some good things that your family provided for your, you, your parents. So write down those things. Did you enjoy certain meals that your mom made? Did you enjoy tickled torture with your dad? Whatever, write those things down. And then on the other column, write down things that were in your childhood that you, you regret, you know, was there yelling? Was there anger? Was there abuse? Was there lack? Was there, you know, what was there? Write those things down. And then be intentional about adding to the beautiful things for your own home and making sure that you are keeping out those things that caused pain. You're the gatekeeper and you get to design the culture of your home. Emily Barnes says, when you make yourself at home, you surround yourself with the people you love, the objects you cherish, and the memories that warm you and the ideas that motivate you. But that's got to be cultivated um, and you've got to protect who comes in your home. When my husband and I were first married, he had a single friend that he was had been friends with, you know, for years. But when we were married, his single friend continued to come over a lot and it was fun, all fun and games in the beginning. And then I was like, we're the marriage, you and me, the two of us. And he's over here a little too much. And I just had to have that conversation with my husband that can we have boundaries around how much he's over here so we can have more just, you know, you and me. And we had to discuss that. We have been changing and molding and learning and doing, you know, messing up and resetting the way we do things in our home for our family culture. And we have messed up a lot. I love people and my husband loves people. And I was raised in a home where my family loved people. I lived in a college town. My family lived in a college town when um, I was growing up. So my parents, they would adopt college students. And we just had a revolving door with college students in and out of our home. And my dad was in ministry. And so we had the youth group in and out of our home a lot. We just had a lot of life, a lot of laughter and a lot of people. And I loved that. And so that was one of the things that I wanted as our culture in my home as an adult. It's definitely happened because I've given birth to a small city and I have a lot of kids and, but I've also had a lot of people in and out of our homes. And there was a season where we definitely probably let it get out of hand because we noticed that one of our kids was just not as chirpy and a little bit quiet. And so we had a conversation and she said, can we just have, can it just be us more? Can we have people, you know, over less maybe? She didn't know exactly how to articulate it. We had to help her communicate with us what she was feeling. And ultimately it was that she needed home to be a place for just our family more and to put for us as the parents to put boundaries around how often we had extra people in our homes. And I was, oh my goodness, I had to apologize. I just said, you know, will you please forgive me? Because I didn't realize you were feeling that. And our home is for our family first. And so, yes, we will put boundaries around that. As the woman, evaluate who is in your home and how often they are there because it will affect your family culture. I think it's pretty interesting how much the family dynamics change when one person 
is added or one person is subtracted. It's really interesting how conversations change. Be aware of that. Have um, your eyes open to how your family culture changes when extra people are over. Alexander Stoddard says the home is the abiding place of the affections. And it can be if positive affections are cultured. If you don't have a positive home culture, your affections won't be at home and you won't want to be there. When I was 10 years old, I ate Captain Crunch and then promptly got the flu. This was over the Christmas holidays and I had one bowl of Captain Crunch. And then the next day I woke up with the raging flu and I vomited. Somehow I ate one bowl, but ended up like throwing up 10 bowls. And I'm not sure how that happens, but that's what happened. And yeah, I don't think that I've had Captain Crunch since then, but I'm probably better for it. I want you to remember that. Like when you have a negative association with something, you don't want to have it again. You don't want to visit it again. If your family members, if you're, you and your husband are always fighting at home, if your home is filled with negative conversations and anger, your kids are not going to want to spend time at home. Guard your conversations. What we talk about, how we talk about it, what we allow in our homes with music and with television and screens will affect how your family members feel inside your home. And you want your home to be the abiding place of their affections so that they will be able to feel recharged and renewed so that they can go out um, and do their jobs with more security and um, confidence because they have been recharged and renewed and they know that they were loved, that they are loved and they have a home base where they can get that refueling. Establish family values even before, like in the beginning, if you're a newlywed, um, vision cast, write down on that piece of paper, the positive things that you want cultivated in your home and the negative things that you are going to guard your home against, post them on the walls, share them with your husband, vision cast, and then make it happen. You have to be intentional. Otherwise the busyness of life will get in the way and you will be putting out fires. The home culture that you have dreamed about will not be built. It has to be built. Home is more about what happens in a space than the actual space. And I want you to remember that when I was six or seven years old, my family lived in this little house in this old, not old, old neighborhood, but a little neighborhood. Okay. Newer neighborhoods were popping up around us. Newer neighborhoods with big houses were popping up around us. We lived in a small one story with a big yard and a pool. I have so many fond memories of this little space. And um, what I remember is I remember my mom, I don't know why I remember her frying hamburgers, <laughs> but I do. I, re- I can hear the crackling of the hamburger patties and see her standing in the kitchen making this beautiful meal for us. And I can picture my dad um, working in the flower beds that were around the pool in our big, beautiful backyard. And I remember us spending a lot of time just talking and being outside together and eating meals and having friends over. I just remember a lot of laughter. I, I remember my mom sewing at the table and we had, did a lot of projects and there was a lot of just community in our home. Because the neighborhood was getting older, my dad wanted to provide a safe environment and a beautiful environment. We moved. We moved into a bigger house with a smaller yard and everything was newer and it just, you know, maybe possibly was safer. But my little mind, my childhood mind felt a shift in our family. I think because my mom went to work at that time just to help to pay for the house. 
And we weren't all at home and outside as much as we had been in the other house. And I missed it. I know that my dad was doing what he believed was best and providing for us in such a beautiful way. I have such a wonderful dad, but it's interesting that my mind made a mental note of that. It's not a bigger space, a bigger, more beautiful space that makes a happy family and creates happy memories, but it's what happens inside of the space that creates the family culture. If you're not super happy with your house, a beautiful family culture doesn't have anything to do with how beautiful your home is, but it has to do with the laughter and the community um, that is happening inside the home. And you are in charge of that. You get to build it. So my friend, I'm giving you some things to think about. You are the woman for the job for your home. God has picked you out to be the wife and the woman in your home to build the culture. And he will equip you and give you the creativity and give you the means if you will ask him. So I encourage you to ask him and go do it and enjoy your home and enjoy your family and give your your little girls or your future little girls beautiful examples so that they can play house and model what you're doing in your own home. Have a blessed day. Thanks for stopping in. Something I'm loving. My husband and I recently installed a saucer swing on our back porch for the kids, but honestly, I'm using it more. (laughs) There's something so soul resetting to go outside when the wind is softly blowing and sit in that saucer swing and just enjoy the, the breeze and the weather. I mean, you will find me in that swing every single day right now. I'm loving it. If you don't have a back porch swing, get one. I'm telling you, we, all of the chairs and benches that we have on our back porch actually glide or rock because I'm a little bit obsessed with rocking. (laughs) I love swinging and rocking, but this new saucer swing sort of sits back, it reclines um, very comfortably. And I just, yeah, it is my new favorite place to be. So if you're looking for me, you might want to check on the back porch because I'll, I'll probably be back there swinging. So that's what I'm loving right now. Thank you for joining me, my friend, and meet me back here next week in this space. And if you don't follow me on Instagram, I'm Terry Bonin on Instagram. I'm Terry Bonin on Facebook and I'm Terry Bonin on Spotify. (laughs) I happen to be me everywhere I go. And that's a good thing.